What you are about to hear is born of long years of deep friendship, shared experience, brutal honesty, and the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Please, do not walk up to the first black or white person you know and start this sort of banter. It will not end well. Fight or flight. White power has demonstrated a violence so efficient on black life that it has, and this, is, and this was the design, that it has beat blackness into submission. And so subconsciously, if the option is fight or flight, black people will more than often than not flee. Nobody's going to want to hear that. And many people going to say, oh, they fight in their way. And they probably do. But at the end of the day, we understand that white power pays our bills. And so there's only so far that you're going to go, which is why the presiding bishop's going to call me the only time, supposedly my mentor, the man who was turned over to me when I came to the Episcopal Church, who I was turned over to, let me say, when I came to the Episcopal Church at the Wise Serve Conference on, on, on Episcopalians, for Episcopalians of Color, who were discerning the ministry in the Episcopal Church, which is, which is a, a crazy statement because they held it at Swanee, the University of the South. I stayed in Leonidas Polk Hall. Perhaps not the best choice of venue. Oh, no, it was the best choice of venue to let me know what church I was mm. entering. Mm. And so in this session where they say, well, we want to know what are your questions that prevent you from coming to ministry? I asked the question. How far can I push the church on white supremacy before y'all want to excommunicate me? Oh, come see me after class. And this is where they're like, well, we're going to introduce you. To, there's some black people who have been able to do this and blah, 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 blah. And mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you to Michael Curry. This is when he was Bishop of North Carolina. Michael Curry was made one of my mentors. And when he was elected presiding bishop, and I was elected to executive council at the same time. I was so grateful because I was going to have the opportunity to, to see my mentor on a regular basis. And I even told him in um, Salt Lake City, I told him when we were standing together taking pictures and whatnot, I told him, I was like, I understand, Lord Bishop, you know, I, be, I appreciated your mentorship. I understand that's going to change because you're not going to have as much time for me. You're going to be presiding bishop. Like, mm -hmm. you ain't gonna have time. I understand that. And he's assured me, but I'm still gonna be your mentor and I'm still gonna blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. Thanks be to God. It's been a great thing that I'm also on council. So I know I'll have at least three times a year where I get to see you, blah, blah, you know. The first and only time that he has called me since becoming presiding bishop, we used to talk on the phone pretty regularly. The first and only time he had called me was about two years into tenure on, 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 on council. Yeah, it was two years because I lasted three. Two years into tenure on council. And he called me because some white folks told him that they were concerned about my mental health. They were concerned about my mental health. They were just with me for four days. They never... No one ever came to me and asked me anything. Why'd they come to you? Oh, well, you know how people are. So, uh, I don't. We're supposed to be a beloved community. If they're concerned for me, if they think something's going on, why don't they come to me and ask me what's going on? Why'd they come to you? Well, you know, they had some issues with some things that you say. I said, oh, you see, 
White folks always think you're crazy when you don't submit to white supremacy. He said, ha, 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 You know what, presiding bishop, don't even worry. I understand. My job is to be Malcolm to your Martin. You go on ahead and you be Martin for them, and I'll be Malcolm. But again, there are very few black folk in the church who are going to assert their blackness as being created in the image of God when white power lets them know they don't give a shit. I mean, we damn near lost all of our HBCUs. The Episcopal Church at one time had nine, 12, some, some big number of HBCUs. We damn near lost all of them. We got Voorhees and St. Augustine's left. Nobody cares. And that's a racially motivated thing. The pension fund been raping and pillaging black clergy ever since. Not to mention that it was built by J.P. Morgan, who profiteered off of slavery. Right. The Union of Black Episcopalians works for the organization. Like I told them, when have you ever heard of a union that gets paid by those that it's representing the labor force against. But all these union chapters get paid by the diocese. The diocese hosts their events. The diocese does this. The diocese does that. They get budgetary constraints from the diocese. And so they ain't going to speak up because if they open their mouth too much, they know. Even, in, even if only subconsciously, they know that their budget is in jeopardy. When your bread is buttered by white power. But how are we ever going to get anywhere in terms of perichoresis, in terms of beloved community, in terms of oneness? How we get ever get anywhere If humanity isn't on the same footing, on a singular footing. That's the mm. next step, right? That's the, the, the place we haven't been. Because I remember a, a year or more ago, right, talking about this idea of, of the, the necessity for humility and repentance on the side of whiteness. And, and you talking about the elevation. Um, and yet, right, here to, to really ground it in the, in the idea of the actions of white supremacy to dehumanize blackness. Right. To elevate whiteness and to dehumanize black people, right. black experience, black and. life. It was not just elevate whiteness. It was also dehumanize mm -hmm. blackness. And so the, the, the necessity for a strong black identity to 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 encourage, to lift up, to um, to rebuild. Um, and you've if, gone even further. If for no You've other reason, then how today. does whiteness ever overcome its fragility if not in the context of strong blackness? If all white folks are ever around as docile, scared Negroes, how will they ever learn to treat a free person with integrity? If you don't meet a free person. It, 
I'm, I'm almost right. It still has this sense, though, of of that of that our work is contingent or dependent on something from blackness, right? Like we we have to encounter in relationship strong black identity in order to do our work, to complete our work. And and maybe that's the difference, right, between doing our work and completing our work that that um, that that is almost the the final exam, the test of the work that we've done, right? Like if 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 in undoing your white supremacy, if undoing white fragility, you can then interact with a free black man, like okay, all right, then 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 you've you've passed at least some initial threshold, right? Um, but I just I'm careful about that. And it, in, and 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 with integrity, when we realize we're not ready, we, we understand that we're not ready. We don't try to show people how ready we are when we're really not. Oh no, we do that all the time. I know, but that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, like right. here we are, an anti-racism commission in the diocese of Central Florida, and and Bishop Brewer is going to walk in with a case of books. There's one other. There's one. There were two white people maybe on this committee. About ten black folk. And he gonna walk in and give us each a book, the skin I'm in. Like we don't know what it's like to be black. He gonna he gonna master gonna educate us and help us understand. Cause he read this book and he's like, man, this is what it's like to be black. Here, y'all black folks should read this. And he'll never say that's what he was saying. What he'll say that he was saying is he wanted you to know that he was reading too. Well, motherfucker, tell us about the book. Come in and do a presentation and talk about what you learned about the book and how it's going to shape your diocese. Don't give me a copy of the book. That's offensive. Mm -hmm. But see, I'm the only dumbass who's going to say that. <laughs> Everyone else is going to feel it. Everyone else is going to say it under the cover of darkness. They're going to let you know, you know, man, I was ridiculous. They ain't going to say him. They're going to say, thank you, Master. Thank you. Oh, man, thank you. I'm so glad you gave us this book. And that's, again, that is that is your critique to have, right? Like, I, I don't like, I'm like, I, and and I wonder, and I wonder part of the part you talk about my preparation, right? And part of my gift, like, where did I get, right? Like, I remember Holy Comforter, and Courtright Davis talking explicitly about Ebony Grace, right? I, I have seen these pockets of places um, where, where that identity was affirmed. Mm -hmm. You know, I have, I, that, was, that was the foundation. I mean, you know, the history of the black church at Howard University School of Divinity, right? Like this was an affirmation that this is not only worthy, this is essential history that you have to know right like that's what was that's what was affirmed and that's mm -hmm. that's what i saw and so um i i i hold on to those pieces um at least in the midst of your experience your your critique i mean where you're coming from and what you've seen and the and the hurt and the pain that you've experienced on all sides from all of this um and and trying for me to hold on to the reality that I have seen um, and to the validity of of your experience at the same time. Right. Because certainly, again, not my place to to 
could, could criticize and judge this response when I'm part of the power structure that has been traumatizing, punishing, you know, murdering people for for responding in the way that you want the response to come. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is that both and, you know, which is why we say tongue in cheek, but seriously, like, you mm -hmm. know, when we do this work, there needs to be like whites only section and, and coloreds only <laughs> section, you know, like because mm -hmm. there are those different dynamics. Right. I do want to I do want to I don't want to lose um, something that you brought that I think is is an important bridge and an important step. OK. Right. Like because we've talked about this um, and I even realize we've talked about it normally using individual language. And and maybe that was my assumption, because the language that we used was about people. Right. Like that, that white people and black people. Right. Like. And so good white Western European, you know, stock that I am. Right. American that I am. Right. I individualize that. That Well, that's about individual people in the, the, the one person. Right. Kind of thing. Right. But so even if you were talking about people more broadly today, we brought up and you brought in this idea that there's an institutional aspect to this. Right. That there's a that there's a way not just that people have to be humble and submit and be elevated and, and maybe deified. Right. Like that. Like there's this institutionally this recognition that um, that not only does the institution need to humble itself and submit. Right. But that the institutions have to be a part of affirming and raising a strong black identity, that it's not enough that an institution just. Um, repent or be humble or submit or spend its money, you know, to stop supporting, to take down the Confederate flags, right? All of the, you talked about the, the explicit, you know, vitriolic white supremacy. Right. That's not enough. You gotta, you gotta undo that. You gotta undo the genteel white supremacy. And even as an institution, find that way to uh, support, affirm, elevate those places where blackness and black institution is laying new foundations for a strong black identity within the organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for real, for real, whiteness has to even identify that genteel white supremacy exists and is a problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I mean, it's one of the reasons I ain't never like Uncle Tom's Cabin. I'm like, this is some bullshit. Harriet Beecher Stowe was a racist. She just didn't believe that white folks should, should, should uh, it was beneath whiteness to treat other beings that way. We're better than that. She didn't believe that black life mattered. Or that mm -hmm. blacks were fully human. There was no evidence that any of those beliefs, that she had any anti-white supremacist beliefs. She just believed that the definition of white supremacy was that we were better than this. We will treat people, things, living things better than this. I've heard it called the velvet glove over the iron fist of white supremacy in Virginia. Um, the, histor the historian from, former historian from St. Paul's Richmond, who did work with their like racial reconciliation. Oh, he's former now? Yeah, Chris. Um, he's no longer there? Uh, you know, he he talks about. Um, uh, don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think I so. I liked him, man. He but, was on um, point. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was his. Like, he he started his presentations just. He skipped over the whole slavery thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah. just like, 
He was just like, like noted, right? Like, right. this yeah, is, yeah. This this is settled, yeah. right? And I, and I, understood, I the... understood why he yeah. pooed it. And I gave him credit. I gave props to that because I was like, yes, because oh, you yeah. see the real problem. Right. That velvet glove, you know, that covered, right? Again, the Harriet Beecher Stowe, right? Like, we, Episcopalians, we institutionally, we will support, we will fight for the rights of of these folks because they deserve better. But again, a and strong it's good black identity doesn't have a place mm -hmm. in the Episcopal Church. Well, not if it's going to marry my daughter, right? Not if it's going to come sit in a pew next to me. Not if it's going to... Not if it's going to try know, to tell me how I'm supposed to interpret faith. Mm -hmm. Ain't no nigga going to tell me how I'm supposed to interpret the faith. Mm. They won't say that because no one's supposed to use the N-word unless, you know, your, your preferred group of black folks told you it was okay for you to use it. Oh, right. Yeah, let's not go there again. <laughs> but we will say, we won't say those words. We will say it in our votes. Exactly. And I've talked about this before, right? Exactly. But like, when, even, when, even when Presiding Bishop Curry says, look, hey, here's this way of love. I think it was the way of love. Or maybe it was the beloved community, right? Way of love. I just want you to, I just want you to tell me what you do with this, right? Just just tell me all the good things that, that, that you decide to do. I'm not even gonna tell you what you have to do. I'm just gonna say, when you do something good, just, just tell me about it, right? And Diocese of Virginia as a whole, as a body that I'm a part of, right? Like my legislative body, we said, hell no. We will not report anything. And of yeah. course, of course, because you know whiteness, of course, everyone will say it's not about the presiding bishop being black. It's no, about it's no, about no. we're a diocese and we don't report to the oh, you know the, the to eight fifteen. You know, we, it wasn't even that. It wouldn't even go that far. It was just like, hey, we've got you know we've got too much to do already. Like this official, like we're no no we're no no. no. I'm saying we're when you tag. pin them down on it, when you pin them down and say you all are disobeying because it was a black man, they'll say no, we don't we oh, don't have yeah. to obey. We're we, we're a diocese and we're independent and blah 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 blah. We were three or four degrees from Kevin Bacon on that one. I mean, we were just, we were way back. No, it had nothing to, nothing to do with race whatsoever. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So how do we, like, I, what's the next step? I mean, how, and I would say, how do we fix this? But like, like, what's the. I mean, because I'm the particularly only intrigued is, about this institutional part. The only way is to acknowledge it, right? And mm -hmm. then challenge it. So, you know, you have all of these dioceses and things right now going on. Catherine Meeks going on, and you know, you know, talking about your brave spaces and whatnot. And you know, and the reason I pick on her is because here in Central Florida, she did a session. At the end of the session, after three hours of supposedly anti-racism training. The former canon to the ordinary, the one who didn't want to hire me because um, I didn't like the Confederate flag in Southeast Florida and his homeboy wanted to blacklist me and told him mm -hmm. not to hire me. That man. Right. In retirement, so over 70, is going to stand up and say, after three hours of anti-racism training, he's going to thank Dr. Catherine Meeks because she didn't come off angry and she didn't make him uncomfortable. Yeah. And see, 
This is why I say all the church wants to do is remove vitriolic white supremacy and install genteel white supremacy as the rule of the land. Because how in the hell are you comfortable after being supposedly open to your, opened your eyes to the realities of white supremacy and how they infect society? How are you still comfortable? Like if you are still comfortable, how did you really be challenged to look at white supremacy? Or are you just that much of a racist that you are challenged by the reality of white supremacy? And you're like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm comfortable. Doesn't bother me. Didn't upset me. One or the other has to happen. Either, either you were not challenged and the time was wasted or you are such a racist that even in the context of being supposedly challenged on the ills of racism, you heard all the truth about racism and was comfortable with it. And so the church has to stop seeking to be comfortable in the full comfort. You know, they should probably listen to what we said about white comfort in that episode we did a, a, a couple years ago. Yeah. And what is comfort and comforte? What is the strength that they need in this time? Mm -hmm. And look for people who will really comfort them so that whiteness can stand firm in the battle against wickedness. But so long as the church so is just awesome. looking for people who, gonna, you know, black folk who are going to come and say some things that's going to sound okay and, you know, somebody sent me what Stephanie Spellers and Winnie Vargesi, and I'm sorry to drive Kelly Brown Douglas into it. Mm-mm-mm. No, I, I might have to throw down. I'm that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry they dragged her into it because she got a good name. But when I read it, I was like, the only reaction I had was like, oh, we can say white supremacy now, huh? I see. White folks are comfortable now with us saying white supremacy. Okay, cool. And how are we preparing people as the church if that's what we're doing, right? But that's like that's not their job, right? That's my job. That that's that's us. That's on me. Well then, they, mean, well then, well then they shouldn't be in power. <sighs> Nobody said it wasn't Joseph's job. When Joseph was ruler of Egypt, nobody said it wasn't Joseph's job to get things back in order. Joseph didn't mess it up. Joseph was in jail. Joseph was at the bottom of the social rung, the bottom of the social ladder. It wasn't a ladder. He was in a pit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph was at that bottom of, the, bottom of that pit. He had to climb out of the pit to get to the ladder. To get to the bottom rung of the ladder. Sorry. Okay, and so he had nothing to do with the mess that Potiphar and Pharaoh and all of them had created. He didn't get to his position of authority and say, you know what? It's not my problem. It's not my work. No. He had to do the work. And those in power were afraid of Joseph. They were terrified. They had wrongfully imprisoned this man.
So until the church wants more Joseph and less Jester. And my focus ever has to be on the system that that creates the pressures to do to make those decisions to 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 force people because into these decisions. You're right because that's what white power will say. White power will easily say, "See, when black folks got in control, look what black folks did." Without understanding, you created the system where Michael Curry came into presiding bishop and felt that the best thing he could do was not be too black. You created the system where Barack Obama became president and the best thing that he could do was not let y'all know that he was black. Let me make sure that these white folks don't feel too threatened by my blackness. That that becomes the first order of business. Of all, of all sorts of historic and, and modern layered systems that we have created, right? To maintain and protect white comfort, white power, white control, white priority. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so for me, I guess it's a, it's a place of compassion. I mean, on top of everything else, right? These are, these are the life choices that we are trying to force on people. On top of all of the other violence and trauma that we have done, we are trying, trying to force people to make these foundational, fundamental decisions Not about even trying. incarnating these are the, these their... These are the choices that you are forcing people to make, that white power forces people to make. Well, yes. I, I, I guess I want to be clear about the distinction between um, some people... <clears throat> have chosen not to take the choices that have been presented to them, right? I mean, or maybe the ex the most extreme versions of those choices, right? Like to choose excommunication, to choose um, martyrdom, to choose, you know, um, and so I, I don't ever want to claim complete power and authority over black life in the sense that well, these are the only choices that they have, right? Like, so that's what that's why I'm holding on to. Mm -hmm. This is what we're what we're trying to force a choice we're trying to force because there have been people who have broken out and broken through somehow and made incredible and lots of people who have made in places have made incredible contributions and left incredible gifts and legacies and impacts. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just for for us for the white church to realize that on top of everything else. Right. These are the these are the twisted, evil violations of of being that we are trying to force on people through the choices that we present mm -hmm. about how they can be and how they can be in our spaces. Mm -hmm. Right. Our spaces. Yeah. You know, you can be here, but remember, this is our space. And we will determine how long you stay here or not. If you act in a way that appeases us, comforts us, you can stay. And that's not new. If you make us uncomfortable, you got to go. It's just our version of, you know, house slaves and field slaves. It's our version of, of countless utter iterations of... You know, you can we can love you as an individual, but never as a race. You can come high, but not close. You can come close, but not high. I mean, of all of the variations, you know, we'll use you to sell, sell stuff, and we'll pay you, and and, 
but we'll never let you in. You know, mm-hmm. you'll never be in control. I mean, it's it's it it is the most recent iteration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was like that was the nature of the conversation, right? Like the Episcopal Church. What would it be if black folks, if black Episcopalians use the church as a training ground for fighting white supremacy? Outnumbered, outfunded, outgunned. What if blacks learned how to navigate the complex structures of the Episcopal church with such efficiency that we could wield some semblance of power within the church? I imagine it would go a long way for doing the same in the American landscape. The Institute for uh, Training the Agents of Wakanda. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, we have an, in, 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 in black Episcopalians, we have an advantage that, that the black church doesn't have. You know, they live, they live in a, they live in a world on Sunday that doesn't have any intersectionality with whiteness. You know, their church space, I mean, yes, the context in which they do church, the issues that they address in church, I'm not saying, I'm saying white power doesn't affect who's going to be their pastor, who's going to be their bishop, um, what their liturgy is going to look like, uh, you know, what types of things they do, you know. Now, yes, when you have to interface the church with the world in terms of taxes and those types of things, then yes, white power comes into play. But in terms of ecclesiology, mm-hmm. white power has no bearing on their spiritual life. You know, and that's usually the thing that they look at and, and ridicule black Episcopalians for. But how do we take that and turn that into um, a blessing? Thank you for listening to Racial Heresy. Be sure to visit our website, racialheresy.com, to post your questions, comments, and feedback, and to share your own stories of life as a racial heretic. Want to hear more? You can find past episodes of Racial Heresy on iTunes and the Racial Heresy website. Want to hear even more? Invite Racial Heresy to speak at your conference, council, church, training, or event. Email us at ebonyandivory@racialheresy.com. at racialheresy.com or visit our website for information on speaking engagements.